0: Welcome, everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you.
1: King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure.
0: Join us now for country wisdom. I almost feel like I can't introduce this episode without bragging that this fellow is my friend. Dr. Philip Saman, he's been teaching for years at the university level. He's written, I don't know how many books at this point, just in the last year, five. And uh, the list goes on and on of his credits, but the biggest credit of all is he loves Jesus Christ. Doctor, thank you for coming today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. uh, I know something Janice and I have talked about is you've written books on the fragrance of Christ. And I was hoping today, if you have time, you'd address a little of that. What is the fragrance yes, of Christ? Yes. My ministry
2: is uh, <clears throat> goes by a title, Christ Way, Christ Way um, to help our people uh, do things Christ Way, whatever the subject is, like praying, Christ Way to Pray like restoration, Christ's Way to Restoration, Christ's Way to Make Disciples, Christ's Way to Reach People, Christ's Way to Affirmation and Encouragement. So these are some of the books that focus on how we need to be Christ-centered and follow Christ's example in everything we do. You know, there was a controversy about spiritual formation some years back. So I wrote a book called Christ's Way to Spirituality and I thought to myself, isn't Christ the best example to be spiritual? Why should I seek any other specialist if Christ is the prime example of spirituality? So I have a book about that.
0: He has it all. And I've got to mention, right now we're on the campus and the lawnmowers are going, the chainsaws are going, but I hope everybody can just focus on you and what you have to say here.
2: <laughs> yes, I hope, I hope that doesn't affect negatively our interview. I think it's getting less and less.
0: Jesus is such an incredible subject and wants to be such an incredible friend. How does all that happen?
2: I mean, it's the most amazing thing that we have the privilege to study and emulate the God of the universe. It's amazing. I mean, you can study friends, you can study people, you can study specialists, but Jesus is the ultimate in everything creator of everybody, creator of the universe, and someday, by God's grace, we'll be able to interview him instead of me, and he could tell you about the secrets of the universe. Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, oh, will. And how could anybody Absolutely. miss out on salvation? So it's really smart yeah. to reconnect with Jesus, and it's not very smart to veer away from him.
0: Now, I believe that some of our viewers have no idea who Jesus is. What would you tell them?
2: Jesus is the answer to everything. Because the two biggest problems this world has, everybody, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, is they need to know how to deal with sin. Sin is the, the biggest problem for everything. And then life, I mean, how do you have life? Many, many prophets and many religious founders tried to solve the problem of death, they couldn't. And to solve the problem of sin, they couldn't. And you know, like the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, you see? Sin results in death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so why, why is Jesus so important, so vital? It's because he is the only one who's uniquely qualified to give you his righteousness instead of your sin, his life instead of your death, and everybody needs that. So it's Christ, it's not just for you and me or the Christians, Christ for the world
0: doctor as you were talking I was thinking of you know, Terry and I have filmed in many places of the world and we, we filmed a piece of Buddha buried here and a piece of Buddha in this other location and a piece of Buddha there. but we we went to the tomb of Christ and we couldn't find any Jesus.
2: I wonder where he is.
0: You, I think you've got the
2: answer. Well I mean he is in heaven ever living to intercede to for us. He's alive in heaven ministering in our behalf. I don't want to degrade any religion. I have respect for all religions. But there is something unique about Jesus. That none of the others have that. And just like in John 3:16, it says, for God so loved the world. I'm translating that from the Greek, original Greek, because John wrote this in Greek. That he gave his, not begotten, the word begotten doesn't exist. He gave his monogeneous son. Monogamous means, mono means one. Ganeous means kind, one of a kind, unique. So it's more accurate to read that for God so of the world. He gave his unique son. Why is he unique? That's the blessing. It's found in that uniqueness. He's unique in knowing how to take care of sin. Nobody else can deal with sin. No psychiatrist, no psychiatrist. You could pay them billions of dollars. They cannot resolve the problem of sin. Only Jesus could because he took it upon himself. And who can solve the problem of death? Nobody. Nobody has life. He is, he is life the way, the truth, and the life. And then because he possesses life, he can give us his life and take away our death. What a great bargain. If anybody likes bargains, is the greatest bargain in the world. He says, if you submit yourself to me, if you trust me, I'll take away your sin and give you my robe of righteousness. I can take away your death and give you instead my life, abundant life eternal. You cannot find a better bargain than that. And if we're smart, we would follow that.
1: No. It's ahead. Our, yes. Between you two, I really don't have to do anything <laughs> but just sit oh, no, here please. and, and not we, we smile. Need peace. Scripture says that there is only one way. Mm-hmm. And it's because there isn't anyone, whether it's Buddha, Muhammad, whoever, there is no one who can offer us that gift. It's a statement of fact.
2: It's not like we're boasting or SAYING, we're better than you. No, no, no. It's a statement of fact. Jesus is life. He is God. He is divine. And that's the reason he came to help all of us. Other people showed some way or some method. He is the way. Others try to find a segment of truth, but he said, I am the truth. I embody the truth. Life, I don't show you a way of life. I am life. You receive me, you receive life.
0: So he says, I'm not gonna take you and show you where it is. No. It's right here in, in me. Yeah. You-, you
2: know, because you know Thomas, you know, who doubted? He said, you know, how do we follow? We don't know where you are, where you're going. How do you expect us to He said, listen, you don't have to find a way. I am the way. If you know me and love me and somebody yourself to me, you already found the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you have me, you've got all of these three things. It's as simple as that.
0: Someone, I'm still concerned about those that are watching right now, listening to you, and they're thinking about it. They don't know God. Where did they go? How do they get to the point of meeting Jesus Christ?
2: Well, I mean, G- uh, God reveals Himself. Why does He reveal Himself? Why do you think He reveals Himself? Because He loves us. Every time you love somebody, you want to share something with them about you. So God didn't come to this world silent. He expressed Himself. Okay, how do we hear this expression of God? Look at nature, look at the things of nature. I mean, nature speaks to us. There's a designer behind the design. Things didn't come here by accident. Look at you, Jim, my good friend. This nice hat and the cowboy outfit (laughs) didn't come by chance. You understand? Oh yeah. yeah. I don't want to exclude you, you have some nice outfit too. (laughs) No way by chance, somebody designed it. And this is a simple thing. Look at the smartphones. Wow, amazing what they can do and all the other inventions. Because God is the designer behind the design. God designed us and he gave us the ability to be creative. In nature, we have to observe nature. Many people when they observe nature, they learn a lot of nature. You look at a rose, who made that? Who can invent a rose? Okay. Secondly, the other book of God is the Bible. The Bible, why? Because it talks about God. God talks to us through the pages of the Bible. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you want to read a book that's written by a famous author, wouldn't you?
0: That's a good point, isn't it?
2: <laughs> but now it's not... You know, I had a student writing a research paper who didn't know much about research and footnoting. And, and uh, you know, uh, so, so and, you know, at the end of the page, you have footnotes. You write, the, you type the last name of the person, comma, first name, and the name of the book, publisher, Robert. And then she came to the Bible. That's, I've never seen it before. Because usually when you quote the Bible, you just open the brackets and you put Matthew 5, 11, and you close the Bible,
1: that's it. Or you might put what version it is, whether it's what King James it? or the but Revised nothing really Standard. Nothing about God,
2: nothing about God. And she came with her research paper and there it's, it says, God, the author, that's the last name. God, comma, the Holy Spirit, comma, the Bible. And when it was published and where?
1: I said, I've never seen it before. I hope you gave her an A.
2: Yeah, I gave her an A, yes. It was a good paper. And she said, you know, Dr. Simone, I mean, I don't know much about research, but if they give credit to John Wilson, to Jim Albrecht, whatever, why not give some credit to God? He's the best author in the world.
0: That's a great point. Isn't yeah,
2: it? I mean, like, I, I never I never thought, saw that way. We take it for granted. He, wrote, There's a book he inspired, 66 books. Wow, it's a love letter to hum- humanity. Wouldn't I be curious to find out what God has in mind? I want to know. I want to know what God has in mind.
1: My kids once came across a bundle of old love letters from their dad to me. They thought they were hysterical, but those letters still mean something to me. They're concrete reminders of just how much I was and still am loved. The Bible is full of love letters to us, from God. This little tract has dozens of them. If you need some concrete reminders of just how much God loves you, get your free copy of a love letter from Jesus. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 122, a love letter from Jesus.
0: Hey Janice, how are you doing?
1: Hey, you wrote another book.
0: I did, had a burden on my heart and God helped me get it done.
1: So the plan of love, what's it about?
0: Well it's really about God in eternity, saw everything that was going to happen here, and his amazing love, he says, I'm going to take care of the problems, I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that, but we've been lied to so much we don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. Matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from, from their, their sins. sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from. Where can
1: people get the book?
0: Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. And oh please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you too. Thank you so much. I mean, you've you've taught the Bible and and all these things so many years, unpack the Bible a little more for us for people to help them fall in love with God's word.
1: because I think especially people who who don't know God, who might just be flailing around in life, going, Where do I turn? what The Bible can seem intimidating. Uh, I was an English major. I love reading Shakespeare, but for your average American nowadays, it would yeah. be, I, they can't get through Shakespeare. They wouldn't even open no. it because I, I can't understand that. I wouldn't know what he's talking about.
2: And when I mentioned Shakespeare to my students, they asked me, where does he live? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> we that's so, so sad. They have no idea. <laughs> and, and I thought the Bible was written by a bunch of ignorant fishermen. You know, before I became a Christian, that's all I thought it was.
2: But you know, to answer your question, uh, is, is the Bible now is written in simple English?
0: Right, there you are know, so many
1: versions. Yeah, so many so, that, you know, for that people, are made for the way you speak. Yes. yes. So that you can understand. And it. so,
2: you know, if somebody is not familiar with it, choose the simplest version, just common English. And uh, and, and the other thing is, is the Bible. You, to answer your question, Jim, the Bible is um, is like the history of how God dealt with people like you and me. How does God work with people? That's it, you know, it tells you how did he deal with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and dealt with Ishmael, people like you and me, John, Peter, how did Jesus deal with them? The Bible tells you how Jesus works with people and that's what we need. How does God relate to me?
0: And the Bible tells you
2: by many stories that we can identify with.
0: First time I picked up the Bible, I thought God was impressing me to read it. I read Matthew and I, Okay, and I read Mark and thought, that's the same thing I just read. And I read Luke and I thought, well, this is funny, did they mess up? You know, it's <laughs> got the same thing. And then I read Jonathan. This is really strange, it's got all the same thing. <laughs> I, I was such a baby, you yeah. know, but God just took that.
2: Yes, and He reached you where you are and, and they're, telling their, they're telling their stories. They're giving their witness for what they saw. And that's why sometimes it's different because they saw things at different times and maybe somebody told them later. Like for example, with Mark, I mean, he is a companion of of Peter. And you could see Peter coming through the Gospel of Mark because he was his missionary companion and Peter told him many exciting stories. I mean, the story about Jesus healing his mother-in-law. I mean, why would Mark talk about that? Because he was very familiar with Peter and he presented his mother-in-law in in a very positive way, even though many people don't think highly of mother-in-laws. (laughs) <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? And like with yeah. John, John was modest, you know, he's a very humble person. He said, the disciple whom Jesus loved.
1: Yeah, he never said, me.
2: Yeah, he never said, me. The third person singular, the disciple whom Jesus loved. But if you look at the Greek and the tense in Greek, it says, it doesn't say literally, the disciple whom Jesus loved, past tense. It says, disciple whom Jesus kept on loving, which changed the whole meaning. In spite of you, it, it's not like saying, John, you're better than everybody else. No, no. But in spite of you and your shortcomings, I keep on loving you. To help me and out, doctor,
0: that's linear in the Greek. I've forgotten. Is that linear?
2: You mean linear? Yeah. Yeah, okay. From now yeah, till one the one. end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which changes you? That's the same thing with, with us. Jesus keeps on loving us no matter what. As if he were telling Peter, 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 I know you stumbled a lot. You even, you even betrayed me, uh, you know, denied me, I should say, three times. But Peter, I want to assure you, if you stick with me, you're going to make it. And if we stick with Jesus, we're going to make it. He made it, we'll make it by the grace of God.
1: It's one thing I love about scripture. If those stories were all made up, I, I read an interview or watched it where an, an atheist was saying, well, you know, it's like Israel needed a hero, they they built a mythology. So they came up with David. If I was building a mythology, building a hero, I wouldn't have mentioned the He's mistakes they made. <laughs> yeah. You know, if everybody in the Bible were as perfect as Daniel comes off, for instance, I, I can't think of anything in and the whole story gave, of Daniel and that's where in the he Bible. ever blew it. Yeah. But I, I love the ones who blew it. More than once. Gives
2: all of us hope.
1: Exactly. And
2: and then, you know, know, the Bible is a real book. It's a real book. It tells it like it is. And it increases your confidence in the Bible because it's an honest book.
0: What about those people who say, oh, there's so many mistakes in the Bible, you can't believe it?
2: Yeah, I I meet people like that once in a while. Uh, And that's, uh, I mean, because the devil is trying very hard. To help people focus on some minutia you know just he wants to do everything he can to stop you from being saved okay the purpose of the bible is to help you be saved i mean should we be stuck in minute minutia that we don't we, we 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 ignore or we miss out on salvation that's the purpose of the bible the greatest course we can take in this life no course we take is perfect the greatest course we take in this life is to, to learn how to be saved, that's the greatest course to know how to be saved and be saved, why? because when we get to heaven we will have limitless knowledge our minds will function so many times better that and our be nice. minds will be able to <laughs> comprehend the, the the vastness of God's mind. you know what I'm saying? so why be stuck here and miss out on the real answers up in heaven just because Maybe a story in Matthew doesn't correspond exactly to the story in John. You know, like, like for example, Judas, somebody passed by and he was hanging from a tree. Then later on, somebody else passed by and he was down on the ground. Oh, this is not true. How could they, excuse me? If some witness in a court of law said the same thing exactly, the judge won't believe him. The next guy who gave the story about Judas Probably by that time he came down from the tree the branch broke. So it is not as big a problem as we would make it to be.
1: I read the greatest book uh, by a former police detective. It's called Cold Case Christianity. And he says just that. Mm-hmm. If you get three or four witnesses who are all saying exactly the same yes. thing, they know they were colluding.
2: Yes, exactly. So it's, it's sensible. It's real to life. It is, it doesn't gloss over people's mistakes. Look, why would God allow uh, the story of David to be told the way it was? A man after my own heart, the greatest king in Israel. Jesus came from his seed. And after he said, a man after my own heart, why would he say he was a killer, a murderer? And not only a murderer, he was adulterous. Can you imagine? I mean, I wouldn't mention that. Who would want to mention that? Cover it up, but the guy, in order to cover a sin, of of of, uh, <clears throat> of having sexual relationship with Bathsheba, the wife of his faithful general, took advantage of his absence to do this with his wife. What kind of a what kind of a jerk is that? And not only that, to cover his he couldn't cover his mistake, he wanted Uriah to, to go to, to bed with his wife, so then people would say he was with her and that's her son. He said, no, I would not dishonor you, dishonor you or my fellow soldiers by doing this. I'll stay outside the house. I want everybody to pass by to see me. I didn't go in to be with my wife. And so David gave up. He said, look, I I can't cover this up. So the way to cover it up is kill the man. I mean, can you imagine? Would you have a friend like that? Just because I'm being loyal and I'm being right with you and, and your people. And by the way, he wasn't a Jew. He was a you Hittite. A
1: Hittite. Mm-hmm.
2: So what does he get rewarded with? Death. Take your own death sentence in your hand and hand it to one of my generals, and he'll read it and put him in front of the battle, let him be killed to cover it up. But nothing can be covered before God. God, the all seeing God knows everything. You're the man. But yet, it's mentioned in the Bible. This increases my confidence in the Bible. It's a real, authentic book.
0: Amen, amen. Now, doctor, our our program is called Country Wisdom, and I've kind of taken both around the barn here. <laughs> I, I kind of wanna hear before. We
2: well, I mean, what? looking at you both, I feel I'm in <laughs> a barn. Actually.
0: We only have a, we only have a few minutes left. Yeah. I want to bring you to Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter two and verse fourteen. It says, "Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest a savour of His knowledge by us every place." Kind of bring it back a little to that, uh, you know, sweet smelling savor of the Rose of Sharon.
2: Yeah, well, Jim, bless your heart, even though you make me feel like I'm in a barn. (laughs) There is good smell coming through. (laughs) Thank you. Which we need, by the way, don't we?
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. we really do. Well, you know, the
2: apostle Paul here is using a powerful analogy. What's the analogy? Analogy of a victorious Roman general over his enemies. That's why he used the word triumphal procession. So then what happened during the time of the Roman Empire, when a Roman general was victorious over his enemies, enemies, what happened? He rode into the city on his chariot, his head, a wreath of victory. In his right hand, a scepter of authority. And then he was welcomed from the heart of the city, the capital of the empire by musicians, trumpeteers, senators, VIPs, and others who carry censers burning with incense. A report in ancient history that the sweet fragrance of the incense would fill the city and waft beyond the city walls. And everybody within the city, outside city, smelled the fragrance of victory in the air. And now the Apostle Paul is applying to Jesus and us and he's saying, Jesus, our victorious general, okay? And we are riding with Jesus in this triumphal procession. And we are diffusing the fragrance not of incense, diffusing the fragrance of his knowledge, the gospel. Where? Everywhere. When? Always. It says, actually, the two words are always and every. It's a way of life. And also it says that we experience that we are in Christ, okay? And then Christ, because we are in Christ, we're united with Christ, then Christ diffuses that fragrance through us. So you have the in proposition and the through. The the now and I mean the now and always. Four words. So diffusing the fragrance of the gospel of Jesus is a way of life. You know? If you smell good, Jim, why do I talk about you smelling good? Because you, <laughs> and you go to church on Sabbath. Do you say, you know, I smell good on Sabbath only, but Sunday I smell awful? <laughs> if Jesus is in your life, life He projects <laughs> His life. You know, if Jesus fills your life, what happens? He fragrances your life with His fragrance. So therefore, like one of my best authors said, when you feed on Jesus, and when you fill your life with Jesus, then He breathes out His fragrance through you. So people know clearly you don't smell like self because we don't smell good without Jesus. but we smell like Jesus. And, and so, I'm um, using um, I mean, a little summary of the text.
0: Hey everyone, Jim Ayer here for Talking Donkey International. You can rest assured that when you follow Talking Donkey, we're going to take you someplace in the world, not in a stuffy old studio. But if you missed one of our programs, although we broadcast all over the world, you can go right to our website, talkingdonkeyinternational.org, and check out some of our programs right there. And thank you so much for your support.
1: My kids once came across a bundle of old love letters from their dad to me. They thought they were hysterical but those letters still mean something to me. They're concrete reminders of just how much I was and still am loved. The Bible is full of love letters to us from God. This little tract has dozens of them. If you need some concrete reminders of just how much God loves you, get your free copy of a love letter from Jesus. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 122, a love letter from Jesus.
0: Now, we only have about a minute left, but right at that camera is your classroom and the students have been listening. What would you tell them to about accepting Christ in their life right now? Got about a minute.
1: And getting that fragrance so they have something too diffused to other
2: people. Well, why do you both gang up on me and, and, and like put me on the spot like that? I mean, now I have to perform. Because
0: I know you can handle
2: it. Oh, you know, you have yeah. confidence in me. You know, that's what I tell my students. You know, you, many of you get A's, some A minor, but you have good grades in my class. I wanted to continue to be smart, intelligent, and get to know Jesus. Because when everything is said and done, comes down to the wire, we take nothing with us. We don't take any grades or degrees. We take with us our relationship with Jesus, our saving relationship with Jesus. So this is the first and foremost priority, is to open your heart to Jesus, and then He fills you with His presence and His fragrance. Because Jesus smells good, by the way, okay? And so He can fragrance your life with His aroma. So when you mingle with people everywhere, then people can look at you and say, you know. I smell
0: Jesus in you. Amen. Thank you so much. I hope you come again and do another I mean, program did, for us.
2: Did, you know, I know we will be able to. Did I do okay, you see, by the grace of God? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting Country Wisdom.
1: See you next time.